can't beat the Josh Ingram and accidental middle finger uh, intro, though. No, most people it's can't. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the awesome.com NBA strategy show presented by No House Advantage. I'm Dave Lachman. At Lafayette underscore D on the Twitters, joined by Joshua Ingeman at Josh Ingeman. Five-game slate today. Bit of a respite from some of these crazy ones. You got 10 tomorrow. I'm fine with it, to be completely honest with you. How are you feeling, man? I feel good. I, this, I, I love the day after a bigger slate. It just – it doesn't really change what we're doing. No. Like, the, the day is basically the same either way. But for some reason, mentally, just knowing there's only five games, I don't know what it is, but I just look at it like it's not as daunting, even it though it's so not true. different. It's not it different. It is so true. Like, Adam and I got through 11 games, and we weren't just, like, we weren't just ripping through them to get it over with yesterday. We even we, we even injected some some entertainment in there. We still got through it in a couple minutes more than an, over an hour because yeah. some of those spots, especially early in the morning, there's just not a lot to talk about. But you're right. With five games, there's something where you look at it and you kind of, in an odd way, you breathe a sigh of relief. Yeah, and but it doesn't. It's not different. Like especially no for different. the show. For the show, it's no different. In a way, it's a weird middle ground. Like on the huge slates, it's really easy because while you have to prep more teams, you're unequivocally not talking about like nine of the guys that you've projected. But like you're just not. Unless there's a giant piece of value on one particular team, you're at best talking about like two guys per team and maybe no one at all. It becomes oddly easy on a big slate. On a smaller, like on a five gamer, we have to talk about like Nick Claxton today. Like yeah. we don't really have to. He's a bad example in this case. But like, you know, the guy that can play like 18 to 24 minutes becomes relevant. And it allows us to just like basically talk about whatever we want. Which I like. Which you I enjoy. Both. Speaking of, well, first off, happy to have you guys with us. As always, Thursday morning. It's going to be 68 degrees here today, but getting uh, getting some severe tea storms around my way, Josh. Possible tornadoes. Tornadoes. And uh, not looking for, well, actually, that's not true. I would, yeah, I, I would, I've told you before, I, once I'm, once I'm in good shape and like, Jordan's off to college and no longer needs me. I'm chasing tornadoes, man. I and I don't see why that's this. weird. You should. You should. But why is that? Why do you shake your head? I mean, you're never just, you're never kind of just chasing adrenaline ever. Maybe that rush of seeing something magnificent. No. Well, nothing. Actually, that's very true. No, not at all. Well, where do you draw the line? Like, uh, do you want to ch go chase tsunamis one day? You're just out there on a, you know, a dinghy with a camera. Well, like, what, what's the what's the end game? Well, I I think chasing tornadoes. There's a there's a more, more scientific approach to that. And I no, I would not go out there in a dinghy. That would be like, are you going to go chase tornadoes on a bicycle? Of course not. I'd probably be more likely to do it on a bicycle. Why? Well, you don't want to experience the wind on your skin? I mean, where are we drawing the line here, man? You're the one that wants to go ride tornadoes. I'm not trying to die. I'm trying to uh, trying to see a tornado up close and personal. I mean, you're very clearly trying to die at least a little bit. Uh, I'm going to go down there with, with a Dorothy, get some, collect some data. Yeah, if I know that I could end up somewhere else and alive, then no, yeah, no, I'm diving no, right into the tornado. Not that Dorothy, Josh. Not that Dorothy. Have you never seen Twister? Uh, no, I like good movies. What? Hold on. 
Twister's like literally the only good tornado movie ever made, and they've tried more. You've, you, you, you. I can't think, think of a single one, and I haven't seen Twister since whenever. I don't give a shit about Bill Paxton or Bill Pullman or whatever dude is in Twister. How, that's a, that's crazy that you don't have an appreciation. Jordan, have you seen Twister? Yeah, you're a young buck. You still should. Diddy Twister, maybe. <laughs> That, I mean, to think that to think that, that, that that's not a good movie is crazy. It's fantastic. It's clearly not a good movie. And it's very fun. Yes, it's a good movie. Come on. No. No. Holy shit, it made $500 million? Yeah, you're acting like this is some Stop. low budget that, is, that does not mean it's shit. good. That doesn't mean it's good. Stop. Yeah, it does. Yes, it no, does. it doesn't. No, it doesn't. No, Michael Bay movie, those Transformer bullshits that Michael Bay make, just print money. They're Ooh. awful films. You've seen Twister once, like two decades ago, and you're telling me it wasn't good. I assume I saw it in 1996 and then realized I don't need to ever watch this. Right. BP says good, yes, realistic, not... Cl- I mean, look, when it was made, you know what I mean? It's a good movie, though. The flying cow scene. Yeah, of course. Phenomenal stuff. You're crazy, dude. Uh, anyway, hit that thumbs I'm up. Very right. That. Subscribe to the chat. Yo, we hit 75K subs yesterday, brother. I saw. That's sick, man. 75,000 subscribers since I've been hired. It's incredible. <laughs> and like 69,000. There you go. Since I've come on board. And just slightly worse than it me. Just it's, goes it to makes show you perfect that, sense. That, that growth was accelerated quickly. No, no. But uh, thanks to all you guys for subscribing. I don't think you'll regret it. If you do, we will gladly refund your misery. Just click unsubscribe. You never have to hear from us again. Subscribe to the channel, though, if you want. Hit that thumbs up. And uh, join down below. You get the free Super Chats each month, the custom emojis, the sweet badges. Got people iced up with the one years. That makes me happy. Uh, we're going to be doing some cool stuff as well. Jordan, I've asked you and Tyler, you guys, to definitely look in and maybe some good stuff we can do for, for the members here. And uh, we'll always prioritize your questions and comments along with the uh, premium Discord. So we have five games, but I need to ask you about something first. There's just something that, that Chris Karen and I were talking about yesterday, and it, it, it led me to, to, to some funny scenarios in my head, right? By the way, 58% audience score on Twister on Rotten Tomatoes. That's not the, the critics that you so rightly uh, shit all over a couple of weeks ago. Also, the, the, also the audience doesn't give a shit what about What did the critics movie. give it? 61. Okay, so it's above average. Sure, that's not, what a great <laughs> bar to cross. Anyway. Uh, but you also, and, and I, I will say this much, and I'm not just saying this because you mentioned the audience score. I will say this one. You have to understand that movies I grew up on, I'm always going to think are better than they actually were. Right? Like, that's just the way it is. Movies that I grew up on, like The Sandlot, for, well, it just is a good movie. Like, anyone try to tell me The Sandlot's not a good movie? You know. Eat shit, right, Josh? Yes. Okay. What about, what about Little Giants? Sandlot, by I the way, used, audience score 89%. Yeah, fantastic movie. Like, the, oh my God, the 4th of July scene, all everything, everything all about great. that movie, just fantastic. And it's transitioning through, like, kids these days still watch that movie. Oh my God, yeah. My daughter is 13 months, uh, and I'll, she's watching Sandlot. Yeah. She's watching Sandlot. Yeah, we're, I mean, like, my godson was born in 2007, so, you know, he started watching that type of movie, what, like, 2013, something in that neighborhood, six years old, seven years old. He watched that a ton, and that's 20 years after it came out. It holds right. up. 
Right. And then when the, in the part where he says, you play ball like a girl, I'm going to look at him and say, it's okay, honey. There's other things you can do. Yeah, I mean, they, they probably take that out of like future they, DVDs now. It was on MLB Network, and I was waiting to see if they would actually use that scene. And they did. I mean, props to them, right? I mean, you, you can't play ball like a out. person. You can't pull out, and I'm kidding about half of this shit, but you can't pull out an iconic, you know, like that was when we were kids. That 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 quote right there was iconic. Yeah, well, it's because they're not as good. At, well, yeah, but you're not allowed to say that anymore. You have no, to it's true. Like it. It's just true. There's no physical equality. Are we doing this? No, I'm not. I don't disagree with you, but I'm saying we're led to believe that it is true. Right. Yeah. All right. So can I get to my? Can I get to yeah, my? Yeah, yeah, 20... yeah. Let's, let's do it. Let's do it. We have All right. So Adam tells me because Sunday I have to go to my uh, to one of my good friends, dude that was in my wedding, one his uh, his his second kid's baptism, right? Okay. And it's in Philly. It's a little bit of a drive, so I can't do the show. And Dan said, you'll go to jail for saying that in a few years. <laughs> so I uh, so I asked Adam if he could do it. And he's like, you know, dude, that would be like 14 days straight. But I said, I'll take your Friday morning if you want. He said, that's fine. So then he hits me up and he's like, hey, I forgot. I have my best friend's kid's birthday party. I said, OK. So it led me to think, how how does Adam interact with his ki his friend's kids? like? Just do it here. Can I just I got I already have the answer. Hold on, hold on. This is this is what I would this is what I suspect happening. He pulls up, right? He looks at the kid, no happy birthday, nothing, just goes, sup. Yeah. <laughs> Gives him sup. cash. Yeah. <laughs> sup. Because yeah. that's what like if, if you come into a room with it, like the zoom, and he goes, right? Nothing just sup. How yeah. would you how would you how would you see him approaching the situation when he gets to the party? I mean, he, he he's giving the kid cash for sure. Not in a card. No, no, oh, no. I don't know how old this wallet. child is, but that child is getting like a hundred dollar bill in its hand. Yeah. No money, clip, money clip cash, like straight yeah. out of the money clip. Yeah. Yep. Um, it could be changed. I basically picture him as like the less. Did you watch the league? I assume you did. Some of it. Yeah. No. I assume he's basically like the way Taco would interact with any of the kids in the show. Yeah. It's... Like not the stupidity portion of it, but just like the sheer, I'm not treating these children like they're children. Right. <laughs> Baseline. Jordan, Jordan's so right. Adam's about to pull up the Chuck E. Cheese with an escort. <laughs> yeah. With whoever he ended up with at the bar the night before. <laughs> Yeah, but is is it not a funny scenario to picture in your head? Yeah. Also, right. I don't know why he's going to this. I want to know how old the child is. <laughs> so, is it, I, I'm not going. No... If my if my best friends lived around here, I would not go to their kid's birthday. <laughs> no, I mean I I would go. It's different for me now though. I have like all my friends have kids. I have a kid now, and I've grown up with. I, my my brother-in-laws, my sister-in-laws, they have kids. It's it's different. But before all of that, I was pretty awkward around. Like I didn't really know how to act. But they come out, hey, what's up, buddy? You know, give him a high five or something. Could you imagine that and be like, yo, happy birthday, pal? Give me a high five. My wife and one of her friends, quite a few years back now, went to like a two-year-old's birthday with one of to one of our friends, and they were just like. Ah, uh, yeah, we're never going to go to these any longer. Like, uh -huh. There's no real point for us to be here. We'll give a gift, but like, yeah, uh, they don't they don't remember this. 
I don't need to be in a park for an hour with 10 other Rugrats. Like, well, I'm good. see, we do it differently around here. You would enjoy this. The kids' birthday parties, like the one and two-year-old parties uh, around my way, it's just yeah. an excuse to get drunk and hang out with your friends. Yeah, no, see, that sounds terrible to me. Why? Because I don't want to be around the kids. No, see, you got it wrong. Like At some point in time, those kids are around and they're coming no, in like, no, oh, no, you, I'm telling you, you me. And it's just like, shut up. Oh, you got it wrong. The grandparents take on all those responsibilities during these parties. Right. So like the okay. grandparents basically, like, it's not like you're neglecting your own kids. Obviously, you know, sure. usually, usually you still have responsibilities if you're the parents throwing the party. Right. If you're the parents throwing the party. And if you bring your kids, sure. But it's it's not as bad as you think. Like, it's I've been to many of them that have been a blast. No, I'm out. And then we just end up going to the bar afterwards. I'm out. Well, anyway. I'm going to hit you with one now. Okay, what? you ready? This is not about children, so I'm not going to be driving us in the negative direction. Let's I mean, say come that on, every- that was, that was, what are you talking about? That was wholesome. I'm we're talking about kids' birthday. Where are you going with that? I can't go to a kid's birthday, man. 37 years old and I don't have a kid. Go ahead. And then we'll get into some (laughs) basketball here. I'm getting into basketball right now with my question. I want you to give me a really quick answer here too, okay? If I made every single team healthy right now heading into the playoffs, who do you think wins the NBA title? Mm. Quick. I mean – Every single team fully healthy. Yes. I'm, well, I have to think about like what guys aren't healthy. I, I still, I still don't give it to the Clippers. Okay, that's my answer now. I figured it might be. That's that's the lead of this question with Paul I, George back. I'd still go to the Suns. Believe it or not, I think the okay. Suns are that good. I think the Clippers are loaded, and you don't realize it because some of those guys aren't playing. I had a feeling you were going there, which is why I said I, I'm still not, because that's the one team. If you're talking about really. Just like catastrophic results based on injuries. It's it's AP. Their rotation is insane. They could have a a five man lineup of Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Norm Powell, Marcus Morris, and insert whatever fifth you want. Reggie Jackson, Nick Batum, uh, Robert Covington. From a defensive standpoint, that's a very tough team to break down. Kawhi and Paul George, two of the top let's say 15 players in the NBA when they're healthy. Scary dude. Scary. It's a good, it's a, it's a very good, it's a very good team. I I'm not denying that at all. Like I said, that's the, that's why I said I'm not taking them because I think they're a reasonable answer. So uh, here's, here's the reason that I'm bringing this up. But I think the Suns are a very, very, like, I, I, I think when you look at the Suns, you can look at the Suns in a similar vein to, to the Clippers where you might not really know how good they are. Like no one ever talks about really bridges or Chris Paul is still Chris Paul, but he's people, you know, he's not the guy that everyone's Devin Booker is, is spectacular. Deandre Ayton has taken huge strides. They have solid bench. So I'd still go Phoenix. Go ahead. The odds for, do you have a guess on the odds for the Clippers to win the West? Um, What what's the what's the status on Kawhi? Undetermined. Right. Murmurs. Ten to one. He could be around. Twenty-three to one. Paul George really? is back. 
Norm Powell is about to be back. The only person that is going to be out for the Clippers in the near, near future is Kawhi Leonard. And we have absolutely no idea if he is out for the rest of this season. The LA Clippers are 55 to one to win the NBA title. Hmm. Wow. I'm just saying it's a really good team. They can match up against anybody. I think you'd also though, have to factor in like if Kawhi Leonard does return, he's been out for what a calendar year now. Yeah. Or however, maybe it hasn't been that long, but it's been a while, right? It's been a, year. It's been a, been a long time. A good team. I think they're the sneakiest thing that no one is talking about right now. And it's kind of funny too, because when you look at the West, there's a lot of good teams, but I don't look at any of them and say, like, I don't look at any of them as I would, you know, the, what was it like 2017 warriors and say they're unbeatable right now in no. the West, right in the West, no. because like Grizzlies are second, they're a good team beatable, right. In a seven game series. If you have Kawhi and, and you have, I'm not mentioning the Suns because they're the one seed. Like if you have Kawhi and Paul George and a good rotation. Um, yeah. I think the Nets are the real answer, but we don't have any idea if Ben Simmons can physically, and I don't mean from the back. I don't know if Ben Simmons can play playoff basketball, and that's just tricky to me. Like if Ben Simmons is just the normal guy that you see during the regular season, then I think it's very clearly the Nets. But he never has been yet. Like to be fair. Yeah, yeah. And and I get what I don't care. And this is ignoring the back injury. He could be perfectly healthy. I just don't know if he folds like an accordion in the playoffs. Right. Do you remember that show? Do you remember the show Scared Straight? Yeah, oh yeah. Good. Box. And yeah, but remember the in the in the intro, you had the the one inmate look at a girl and go i'll fold you like a piece of paper i don't that, remember that but that's no, fantastic that was, oh it was one of the greatest scenes that one whole show is scenes. just a, a gem what a good show yeah i mean I, I love that stuff they don't make them like they used to josh no nah, they don't apparently you just can't take an 11 year old to a maximum security prison to let them know why they shouldn't take candy from the local store but why not i know i like you should Making these kids walk around holding the pocket of like multiple time convicted murderers. <laughs> you had them stealing their shoes off of them. Yeah. Remember that? They take their shoes. Hold my pocket. <laughs> I love that shit, man. All right. Should we uh should we talk a little bit about this? Yes, I guess we should talk about the slate 20 minutes yeah. in. We're good, we David. I was I was joking, man. I'm, I was joking. I'm not acting like it was in the seventies. Should hit I hit that like button, by the way, everybody? What's that? Hit that like button, by the way. Yeah, man, get us up over a hundred here. I like the shout for the Nuggets. That one's obviously pretty, pretty close to legitimate there. What if the Nuggets like, are healthy? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Quarterback, they're good. Yeah, sure. Philly, nine and a half point favorites against Detroit, 223 and a half total here. Let's dig into it, fellas. We got five games. We'll kick it off with this one. Uh, James Harden, Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris. I said to Adam yesterday, it appears that everyone on this team has learned, and I'm not saying they're winning, but just like from an overall production standpoint, like learned how to adapt to or acclimate to, to life in Philly with Harden at the helm, except for Doc Rivers. I mean, even Tobias Harris is playing better now. 
the problem is these guys are all hit or miss. Like uh, I said it yesterday too with, with KD and Irving. Maybe it was two days. I can't remember which day it was, but like these guys are both always good plays. You just never know which one of them is going to pop off. And I think with every non-Harden and Embiid option for Philly, it's pretty much the same way. And sometimes none of them go off. It's very true. Uh, today, they kind of look super similar as they normally do, particularly on DraftKings. We got Harden at 10-2. We've got Embiid at 11-5. I think they both look good. They're both 15% owned. That's exactly where they came out of my Sims. I don't have much to say. Like, Philly is four guys and four guys only. It's Harden, Embiid, Harrison, Maxi. I don't think that you could really roster anybody else, even on a five-game slate. I don't really want to take the shots on Thibault or Danny Green or Niang. Like they've locked this rotation down pretty specifically now. On FanDuel, these guys have slightly better prices, so they're getting owned more. I like Maxi more on FanDuel at 5,900. I say this on every show, but I'm not projecting him all that well. I got him at 0.78 fantasy points per minute on FanDuel. He's at 0.76 for the past 30 days. I don't think having a 0.02 bump when you face the Pistons is all that crazy. So Seems to me he still looks pretty good at 5,900. I don't have anybody that I would say is just like an automatic priority here. Like Embiid is kind of that guy, but you know, we have, we're not short on payup options. We've got Giannis, Durant, Trey Young, Kyrie, Harden, Garland at 10 1. Paul George is back. So while I like Embiid and I think that he's probably just in general the second best payup option today. He's a little bit more limiting just because you can only put him in at center. Ultimately, though, uh, I want to get to Harden and Embiid. I prefer Harden to Embiid on FanDuel. I think they're the same guy on DK. Yeah, and one of the issues, too, that, that I have with Embiid is just he's basically the same price as Giannis. And like you said, there's there's obvious uh, opportunity cost at center. But just like if you're even if you're position agnostic here and you're just talking about the best payup guys, He's the same price as, as Giannis, essentially, at least on DraftKings. Yeah. They're $300 separated. Giannis is facing the Brooklyn Nets uh, in a game that has a 243 total and a two-point spread. You know? It's just easier to get to Giannis, just in a lineup yeah. construction, too. But, you know, when you have a guy right, that's small forward, that. power, when you, when you have a guy that's small forward, power forward, you're just going to get there more frequently than a guy that's just center. I, I still – I don't have a problem getting the Harden, though. I, I will say, like, yeah. he – Doc Rivers has, has talked about you know, urging him to be more aggressive offensively. And if you're just looking at field goal attempts, you're not going to get, you're not going to glean a ton from that, especially since he's had some awful shooting days, but he's getting to the line 10 times a game too. You yep. know, he's a frequent three point shooter uh, and his potential assists and touches have come down a little bit lately, but it's not something that I anticipate really hanging around there. Like you're not going to be getting six or seven Tobias Harris assists every game going forward. So I think no. you still have that huge ceiling for Harden mm -hmm. here, as we know, against the Pistons. Yeah, it's kind of weird. He's shooting more free throws, but he's shooting less shots right. with Philly, which is interesting. Fine. Like, like I, that's, that works. I mean, he's getting to the line nine and a half times per 36 minutes. That'll, that'll help. I'm that'll anxious help. to see how that I'm anxious to see how that sort of style ends up working in the playoffs. But And can I say, too, Josh, like, I know you and I have discussed this a lot, but free throw attempts are not created equal. Like, yeah. 10 free throw attempts for Harden is a guaranteed 8 to 10 points every single game. 10 free throw attempts for Ben Simmons is guaranteed booze and maybe worth three points or four or five yeah. if you're lucky, right? Like, the yeah. Harden, it's just free. It's It's – 
locking in guaranteed scoring when you're getting to the line at that rate. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about an 86% three uh, free throw shooter for his entire career and it never really varies. He's just great at it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think we can talk about Detroit here. We can. I do. I actually want to present you with something outside of Cade or Bay or anything first. I want to start with Bagley uh, and and let's travel back to two days ago where they were okay. facing the Nets. And this game was very the Pistons fight and claw. Give this team some credit, man. They, they hang tight. They lost by seven. They were up by 12 close to halftime. Uh, they even they even had to lead in the fourth quarter, Josh. So it was a back and forth game against the Nets. They're not a good team, but they fight. No. Uh, my issue, though, is that Braxton Key saw 24 minutes, uh, all of them behind Marvin Bagley, who played exactly the same minutes as Key in that game. That's a little bit concerning considering uh, Marvin Bagley was coming off playing very big minutes in the prior games. Yeah, it's a little concerning. A little concerning because I've got Bagley in for significantly more minutes today. I have him in for 32. That's my assumption of what he's getting. If this game is mildly competitive, I actually think that he's probably, uh, I can't even just say like immediately the best option because it's hard to separate him from Cade and from Bay, but the, the minutes for key are very intriguing. 3,600 on FanDuel, 3,300 on DK. I've got him as like a 0.9 fantasy point per minute guy, only the power forward eligibility on DraftKings, but if you think that he can get that sort of playing time, he's played 19, 14, and 24 minutes over the past three. If you think that he can get north of 20 minutes, that's a decent shot at value on a five-game slate. Yeah. I, it just My concern was, though, last game was competitive and Bagley played 24 minutes. A little bit of foul trouble, right? But very insignificant. Like, if you look at this, he played – he played, uh, he had two fouls, but he played eight and a half minutes in the first. Then he returned and he had a foul with, with 47 seconds left in, in the second quarter. He played about six minutes. So just say eight, so nine and six, right there, 15. So like 14 and a half minutes he played in the first. But then he probably the, missed like five minutes. That seems like too much. I don't think he's playing 19 in the first because he didn't have any foul trouble. In the, he didn't in have the any sec- foul trouble in this game. What? Let's be honest. Like he missed what? It wasn't significant at the foul, end of the exactly. second quarter and that's it. The issue for me was that Braxton key played 14 straight minutes between the third and the fourth. And then Bagley closed the game out for the remaining two minutes. So that's good that he closed, but it's yeah. odd that key played 14 straight minutes when Bagley Bagley picked up his fourth foul with like four minutes left in the third quarter. That's not a huge deal at all. I just took two minutes away from Bagley. Actually. I don't want to go higher than 30. Um, because even if I just give him the run that he missed, which is basically like five minutes, basically when, when Sadiq Bay came on, if Bagley just comes in for that time, that takes them to 28 and a half. You give him that extra minute back in the second quarter basically takes him to 30. I think that's the more likely scenario. Um, You know, the Pistons went on a 7-1 run to start the fourth quarter. They went on another 5-0 run, which is, you know, it's whatever, in the middle of the fourth quarter. I think they just were kept getting put into a spot where they couldn't immediately yank their subs. But I think Bagley is more likely to get back out on the floor. I I think you're right. At 30 minutes, though, he's fine. 
nothing. No, he's not a priority. No, no, no. I, I think you're right about this too. And I tend to agree with you, but it's definitely worth mentioning that key played a lot of minutes off the bench. And I know people in chat were saying that he was in foul trouble. Uh, Bagley was in foul trouble. So that's he not wasn't. real foul trouble. Though. That's not like, you know, you play four minutes into the first quarter, you have two fouls, you come back to start the second, which you would generally do if you, you just have to mix the rotation up. You come back and then you catch a third foul two minutes into the second. That, no, he, he, he didn't. Maybe he wasn't lost in foul like, trouble ever. Right. Maybe lost like a couple minutes to foul trouble, if anything. I think he lost one. He lost the final 47 seconds yeah. of the second quarter. Right. He's the and only maybe, one that stopped him. He came right out and played a normal rotation to start the third quarter. He only had four fouls. Like he just, they just didn't bring him in because I think Pistons right. were playing well. I, I think that's, just, I, I agree. I agree. And that can change, obviously, but worth, worth looking at. Uh, and also, Braxa Key was out there when they took that 12 point lead, too. So right. who knows? But anyway, oh, and actually, that's really interesting. As they clawed back in the, in the third and fourth and actually took a lead in the fourth, uh, Key was out there almost the entire time. So whatever that's mm-hmm. worth, I don't know. But the rest of the rest of Detroit, not named. Marvin Bagley, like Killian Hayes played, what did he play? 33 minutes off the bench, closed the game out, played the final eight, 19 minutes straight to, yeah. to wrap that game up. He's been closing then, a lot over ahead of Corey Joseph. I've switched their minutes to 24, 24 now. And Corey Joseph's questionable as well. Yeah. So that could, that could change a lot. Obviously yeah. it's not a great matchup and it's, you know, this should be a slow paced game, but. We have Kelly Olynyk projected for 23% on DraftKings. I, I know it's a five-game slate, but how many minutes does he realistically play? 16 to 18 again? That's really – it doesn't seem like there's been a willingness to give him more than that lately. I gave him 19. Um, so I understand why he's getting sort of love, I guess, is the word we should look for. I mean, he's going to split center minutes with Isaiah Stewart. And he's a that's, good per-minute guy. That's just what they do. Um he seems pretty locked into those minutes. You get the power forward eligibility as well. I think he just works as a pay down option. You know, if something breaks incorrectly and he gets to, you know, an extra minute or two, it's helpful. He's a good value play. He's a good point per dollar play. I don't necessarily know if that holds by the time we get to the end of the day. I think he's the type of guy that you're, you're fine with because in 18 minutes, he can get you 25, but you're just, they're just, unless Unless Stewart's in foul trouble, there is just really no minutes upside for Kelly Olenek right now. No, it's basically impossible. What else do you want to talk about, if anything, from from this team right now, from the Pistons? Well, Sadiq Bay's price on FanDuel is still dumb. Uh, he is 7K on DraftKings and 5,700 on FanDuel. That is the guy that you need to play in terms of a priority over anybody else here. I mean, I think it's ridiculous that Bay is only projected for 4% ownership at 7K on DraftKings. Like, to me, I'm still more than happy to get to him. He came out of my sim 17% of the time. He's probably the most under-owned guy, in my opinion, of anybody on the slate on DraftKings. That's not to say how much I like him on FanDuel. Clearly happy to go to Cade whenever. Uh, That's pretty much it. Like, Isaiah Stewart for 5K is fine. We've got a couple other centers that I think we have to immediately prioritize over Stewart. So I think he just kind of gets pushed out. Uh, Keep your eye on the Corey Joseph news. If he ends up out, then we're probably playing – we're probably giving Killian Hayes like 32 minutes. 
He's 5,600 on FanDuel, so ignore him. He's 4,300 on DraftKings. Play a bunch of him. He's playing better as of late. 0.91 fantasy points per minute over the past 30 days. That's a full tenth of a point ahead of what his normal rates are. So maybe things are starting to get a little bit better for Hayes, but if you see jo- uh, Corey Joseph out, uh, that frees Hayes up to play 30 pretty easily. Yep, no question about it. Milwaukee and Brooklyn. By the way, Jordan, appreciate it. I think I forgot the sidebar today with the games. I had him in there, just not in the sidebar. So thanks, man. Appreciate you. Let's go to Milwaukee here. We talked a little bit about Giannis. Um, it's funny because Giannis right now is getting, what, very similar ownership? A little bit more than Embiid, at least on DraftKings. But I I just like this spot. Anytime you... Anytime, like Giannis is one of those guys, especially with Budenholzer at the helm, that anytime I'm projecting a competitive game, I just love him, especially yep. against, you know, a team like in Brooklyn that can score points at will with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, and we can speed up the pace of these games with a 243 total. Like th- those additional minutes that you get in a, in, a, in a tight spot for Giannis, and I know you agree with me here. They're just so, so valuable. Like last game he played what? 30, almost 38 minutes, Josh, 38 minutes from Giannis is, is almost unparalleled in this league. Yeah. I gave them, I gave the big three here, 35 minutes across the board. That's generally speaking, like they're the best case scenario for Milwaukee. Now, when it is close and it is competitive and it is against a team that matters, they can get to like 38 or 39, but that is not a regularity. Even at 35 minutes, Giannis looks great today. Uh, I, I, I love the idea of getting to him. He's, 1A or 1B on the best per minute fantasy players in the world. So uh, if you need to pay up, he's the only guy I have projected above 60 fantasy points. I think he's personally the best pay up option that you can get to 1.81 FanDuel <laughs> points per minute over the past 30 days. Yeah. I mean, that's insanity. You, you know, who will probably, by the way, that's not even the best. <laughs> is it is wait, hold on. Is it, a, is it a star or is it someone that's playing like 15 minutes per game of the bet? It's your, it's the league MVP. Okay. I did, I thought Embiid was at like 1.6 or something. Uh, Brooke. Well played. Not the uh, favorite any longer, brother. Is, is Jokic's favorite now? Yeah. Is he? Is it yeah. tight? I'm assuming it's still close. Oh, right? I mean, yeah, it's still, it's still tight, but like Jokic is like, I'm going to say like minus 130 and Embiid is plus. Embiid's got to win. They got to win those games against the Suns and the Bucks. I'm telling you, this is a totally subjective award. And I know it's the regular season and these games don't even matter for the Sixers would be wise to finish in the three seed or whatever. So you don't have to get in against potentially yeah. the Nets, but it, it matters for sure. It's the, the worst part is going to be the seeding that is going to matter. Like uh, Denver's going to finish sixth or something. Philly's going to finish third and people are going to point to that. And it's like, okay, well, Philly won two more games. They have the exact same point differential. Yeah. You know, they're, yeah. they're the same team. So we'll probably disagree here, but on a slate like this, where Kelly Olynyk is pulling 22%, I just don't see why he is double the ownership on DraftKings. Uh, uh, now, let me preface this with uh, Kelly Olenek has power forward eligibility. makes a big difference. But Brooke Lopez is $3,900, just played 29 minutes. Um, like his minutes are getting ramped back up. Bobby Porter's played 13 minutes against the Sixers. So, yeah, I don't know. He, it seems sub-4K seems pretty cheap for a good shot blocker and a, and a pretty decent scorer and three-point shooter. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I right away, like I would rather take Lopez than Kelly Olynyk, given the ownership. Now, Olynyk does have the power forward eligibility, That's what I was so saying, it helps yeah. a little bit. But uh, just on a, on the surface, if I'm just comparing one to one, ignoring positions, I just have Lopez as a better play. So I, I'll happily take the ownership discount. What do you think about the other? You know, you talked about the big three: Holiday, uh, Middleton, anybody else? Because to me, it's mostly Giannis and, and Lopez. But I can understand getting to some sub eight K Middleton. Yeah, seventy five hundred for Middleton on FanDuel actually stands out to me as the second best thing you can get to. He's still a twenty five percent usage guy when all three guys play. He's got above average assist rate, above average true shooting. You know, one point one nine fantasy points per minute over the last thirty days. I mean, nobody's going to be surprised to hear that I like Chris Middleton today on FanDuel, but I like Chris Middleton today on FanDuel. Drew, I think it's just too expensive. 8,500 on FanDuel, 8,300 on DK. He's a last guy in type guy. Oh, I have 8,500. Might as well take Drew type stuff. I'm not looking to anybody on Milwaukee's bench. That's for sure. Yes, sir. The thing about Brooklyn that's always kind of frustrating is exactly what we were talking about earlier. It, it could be Kevin Durant. It could be Irving. It could be both. We've seen it, you know, against Memphis last week, or it's just one of them. And he goes bananas, Josh. And then the other guy just kind of sits around and is like, Hey, I, I, this, you know, he's got it tonight. Like yesterday, two days ago, it was, it was Kevin Durant 41, 11, five, three, and one. And Kyrie Irving who played 40 minutes, had less way under a fantasy point per minute, or you could go back to the other insane Irving games where he dropped 60 and Kevin Durant just kind of lets him do his thing. These two dudes are so tricky to get to like Durant for 11, four on DK Kyrie on for 10, seven on DK. I mean, they're probably like my two least favorite pay up options. Now, FanDuel, 10-9 for Durant, 9,600 for Kyrie. That seems way more reasonable. And they're pulling way more ownership on FanDuel than they are on DraftKings. And I think it's just easier to get to them there. But on DK, to me, they're the guys that I want the least. And the ownership shows that. 4% for Kyrie, uh, 12% for Durant is less than the other two guys that are north of 11K. They're both basically 1.35 fantasy point per minute guys over the last 30 days. That's good, not like that's really good, but at the same time. That doesn't necessarily justify an 11-4 price tag or a 10-7 price tag to me. So no. the and guy that I, I want to get to the most is uh, Mr. Avocado himself, Andre Drummond. Real quick, though, I, I honestly don't know if Chris G is trolling or not. He said Kyrie was in foul trouble. Uh, yeah, he picked up three fouls, which gave him four, six and a half minutes into the third. He played 41 minutes. He, 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 play, or 40 minutes. he played more minutes than Kevin Durant in this yeah, game. He again, he wasn't in foul trouble ever in the no, game. No, he he lost a few minutes in the third. So okay, so maybe he played maybe he played 40 instead of like 42. But even even so, he probably would have sat a couple minutes in the fourth instead of playing those. He played 40 minutes in this game, and it was the most on the team. And more than Kevin Durant. Come on, that's that's crazy. It's yeah, it's he's nuts. He's nuts, but yeah, just there's no such like, thing as foul trouble for Kyrie Irving. They're, you're never taking Kyrie Irving out for foul trouble because he's not a defender. No, he did pick up three, so he probably came out a little early, but he made up. He, he made up for all that. Like real foul trouble is if you're actually losing considerable minutes. If I was like, "Fuck, man, Kyrie could have gotten there yesterday, but he was in foul trouble." You're like, oh man, how many minutes did he play? I got forty. Yeah, it's, it's silly. 
But like, he's not the kind of guy you take off for foul trouble. No, because he's not going to foul out. Right. Yeah. My guess Coaches is he's never fouled that. out of a game in his life. Coaches do that, and it, and it, and it drives me insane. Well, it depends who you are. Like, if you see Patrick Beverly pick up two fouls at the beginning of the first quarter, he's going to be in somebody's jersey for the rest of the time that he's doing sure. it. Kyrie's just going to stop doing that shit. Right, no, no, that's what I'm saying. It would drive me insane when, when you have guys that just never foul out. If you pick up three in the first, you're probably finishing the game with three or four. Just right. leave them out there. Yeah, yeah. it depends who you are. Oh, are you a 6'9 wing defender guarding the other guy's best guy? Then, yeah, you might be in foul trouble. Right. It ain't Kyrie. Are you a big man defending the other? Yeah, right. right. It's, it's, it's anyway, never point guards that don't play defense. Right. Talk to me about Sir Avocado. Yeah. Uh, so his minutes are up lately. Don't know what to make of that. It's incredibly confusing. Um, 31 minutes a couple nights ago, 28 the last time out. And LaMarcus Aldridge is back, but just not playing. And that's where it really gets confusing. I gave Drummond 27 minutes. That's less than the past two games that he's played. We have him at 13% ownership on DraftKings. I don't understand that. He's in the same vein as Bay to me. I had Drummond come out of my sim 28% of the time. If this guy's playing 27 minutes or more today, he's the best center option you're going to find, especially yeah. if he's 13% owned. I don't have any reason to suspect that he's not going to keep playing those minutes. They don't appear to be playing LaMarcus Aldridge, at which point he gets as many minutes as he wants and Claxton takes the others. I, it, I don't get it. 6K is crazy. He looks good on FanDuel at 7K if he's playing 28 to 30 minutes. I agree entirely. And it really doesn't make a difference right now who else is in this rotation. So we'll see. I mean, Aldridge has been not listed on in the injury report. He's still not playing. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. He's just, uh, I guess, not a part of the rotation. Isn't that odd? Very. <laughs> I don't if, understand it at all. Uh, what if we get word that Aldridge is playing today? Does that change Andre Drummond Yeah, I, yeah you, you got to knock Drummond down in I minutes agree. pretty significantly. I Could agree. he still play 28 and then they sit Claxton? Like, absolutely, that can still happen. But yeah. I have way less confidence. As it is right now, if Aldridge just simply isn't playing, I expect Drummond to play 26 minutes or more today. Yep. Somebody mentioned too that uh, Brooke Lopez averages 3.9 rebounds per game. If you if you look at if you are familiar with Brooke Lopez's career, you'll know that it coincides perfectly with when he decided to start shooting threes. Uh, his offensive rebound. Not only that, rate, but he he he's a team rebounder, not a individual I know, rebounder. I know, but I'm saying his offensive rebound rate came down considerably. This yeah. is a guy who did through the first probably eight, nine years of his career, I'd say eight years of his career, did not attempt threes. Like he averaged 0.03s per game. And then one year he just started chucking up five threes, six threes per game. That that's what happened. We've seen that with a lot of guys, with a lot of uh, centers over the past like five or six years. And I'm just saying it clearly does coincide with his rebound rate. There's no doubt about it. Oh, of course. Of course. And they're like, just from like a team perspective, teams, his teams are always significantly better rebounding when he is on the floor than off. He's one of the best box out guys in the league. He's not, he's the anti Russell Westbrook. He's doing anything he can to rebound so that the team gets the ball back. Yep. Very underrated defender too. Well, I don't think anymore. Yeah, that's true. He was for a long time. People just assume because he wasn't an elite rebounder that he, but yeah. Right. That's why I'm ripping people in chat for being like, he's a terrible rebounder. He's like, no, he's, he's like one of the best things you're going to get for a team in terms of rebound. 
He's th- th- that's it's no surprise that Bobby Portis is playing 13 minutes in, in games against like Philly, you know? Correct. All right, let's keep it moving here. You got a lot coming up today, too. You got the NHL strategy show. You got locks before lock, NBA deeper dive, NBA live before lock, all of that fun stuff right here on the YouTube channel. We also got some free content today. NBA player projections, totally free. NHL ownership projections, also entirely free. You don't need an account or a subscription or any of that stuff if you wanted to get in on the action. So, um, yeah, give it a shot if you haven't done so yet. Uh, And last thing, Josh, we're going to be doing some beta testing for some some users. I'm sure you'll have no problem being a beta in that one. (laughs) Solid. If you want exclusive uh, awesome discounts and first crack at beta testing, like new tools and features that we have, and we got some great stuff in the works that I was recently uh, told about, text MVP to the number Jordan's putting on the screen. Throw it in the chat, too, just to make it a little bit easier here. Uh, and you'll auto- automatically also be entered to win and a free year of awesome plus platinum. But uh, I think, the, I think the, the whole beta testing thing is, is the coolest part about all of this. So, yeah. Text MVP to that number if you want to get in on that. All right, let's talk about Cleveland and Atlanta. Cleveland Cavs here are on the second of a back-to-back, plus uh, six-point dogs, 225 total. What is up? What was up yesterday with with, uh, starting Moses Brown and Kevin Love playing like 26 minutes off the bench? I mean, I certainly didn't expect Moses Brown to start earlier in the day. It doesn't shock me you know if you want to just try to get a little bit more rim protection out there because the rest of the defense is going to be piss poor if you've got garland lavert and marketing out there i Um, guess and the way that they were running the rotations like i thought it made some sense that you can get like i didn't think it was really going to change kevin love at all i thought he was still going to get to like 30 minutes and honestly if they weren't getting their asses kicked they probably would have I thought so, the same thing, by the way, that like, okay, he'll be that guy. He'll be like the, the, the Bogdan Bogdanovich in the sense yeah. that like, he's not yeah. going to start usually ever, even if you're losing a lot of guys from the starting lineup, but he plays 32 anywhere up to 34 minutes off the bench as that guy. Yeah. I thought the same right. thing. Yeah. It's an interesting discussion point for today though, because uh, does he start again? How many minutes does he play? Because Moses Brown is 3,200 today and Probably the best play on Cleveland. Although and, and, there's also Karis LeVert, who's wildly underpriced in playing now he's massive the best. minutes. Karis LeVert's the best play on Cleveland. Agreed. On, on DraftKings, at least. I mean, he, he's $5,800. It's, it's, oh, it's, it's more on FanDuel that he's the best play. On DraftKings, what's he, Kings, on, I think what's it's he on FanDuel? 5200 yeah, And Moses Brown is 4300 Wow. I mean, we still have LeVert projected – a lot higher on, on from an ownership standpoint. Too. I haven't looked at the boom yeah. bus tool on DraftKings because he the thing Karis Levert is actually good. Well, you know, from a fantasy standpoint, he's he's good enough. He's he's right above a fantasy point per minute. Played thirty eight minutes last night. It, it it's really tough to get away from Levert. It's tough for him to fail against Atlanta in a you know like an absolute crash and burn type fail with that type of run. Absolutely. Like I'm going to have a ton of him to me. He's very, he's 53% owned on FanDuel, which is hilarious, but also completely, completely reasonable. That's what he should be given the amount of minutes he's playing. I really like Cleveland, but it depends on the site. So Levert looks great on both. I don't have any interest really in Moses Brown on FanDuel, but he looks incredible on DraftKings. 
I'm more than okay getting to Kevin Love at 6,300 on FanDuel, 5,900 on DK. And you're seeing Love get that ownership on DraftKings. But you can get to Garland and Markinen on FanDuel a lot more than you can on DK. Garland is 10-1 on DraftKings, just point guard. He's 9,300 on FanDuel, point guard and shooting guard. 1.2 fantasy points per minute over the last 30 days. Oh, by the way, he's playing 40 minutes a game constantly. So that looks really good for me on a FanDuel sense. And then Markinen is $700 cheaper than he is on DraftKings. So he's the same guy, always neutral usage, 0.9 guy. He's like the most, Larry Markinen is like vanilla ice cream in DFS. It's completely uninteresting. He never does anything fun. He just sort of exists out there. Dude, I still, I still have no idea. And I agree with you too. The, the minutes for some of these guys are absurd, but I still don't know what to do with Moses Brown. Uh, 21 minutes as a starter tells me that, that, that things could go south real quick and he ends up playing 12. I, I, I don't know. Maybe not. He has to play. He still has to. That's not true. He still has to play a decent amount of minutes because their their whole front court's banged up. But I just mean, if you're only playing 21 minutes as a starter, I'm not even convinced he starts today. Well, the problem. I want to know how many more minutes he plays if this game is slightly more competitive. But they're getting their asses kicked. He plays this rotation in the third quarter. They're winning. He comes off the floor and they immediately just take a true beating 15 0 run basically from the time that he left the floor. They went on another 5 0 run while he was off at the beginning of the fourth. I just don't know if he would have got back out there. How many more minutes? Like he played in blowout run, but it wasn't sort of like, it wasn't really blowout run anymore. Did, did he miss four minutes, six minutes, something like that in the fourth quarter? Was he that's going what, to close? Is Mark going to move into the three? That's what I'm having trouble with because when you close the final two minutes of a game when it's out of hand, that's kind of strange. Well, it, they were just coming off of that 13-6 run, so it wasn't like super out of hand. They cut it to eight with two minutes to go. Yeah, but but what I'm but it wasn't just him. It was it was Brandon Goodwin, Lamar Stevens, Dylan Windler, and and Nembrard, Nembrard, Nembard Jr., R.J. Nembard Jr. Hey, they just signed him. Is that who? Is that how you rest say of it? the season contract? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I, I I'm guessing they just didn't want to put Ed Davis in for 90 seconds. You could be right. I don't know. I don't know. He played around 13 minutes in the first half. Yeah. And I assume they took him off the moment he got that foul, and then he didn't finish the final two minutes. And that was only his third foul, too. By the way, so. I think it was only his second. No, it was his third. One. Oh, oh, you're talking about no, the first wasn't. half. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was saying he picked up one in the in the third. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But like I think that he probably picked up that foul and they just took him out for that final minute. So, like in theory, he probably played he, he could have played slightly more. I don't know. I gave him 24 minutes. I think he looks good. All right. Deacon to the legend. Hey, Laffy, thanks for the super chat, man. I just started the morning with the sausage, egg McMuffin, and a hash brown and some coffee. Man, was it on point. Keep up the great work, fella. Oh, dude, a good egg McMuffin. Can't, can't beat it. Sausage McMuffin with cheese is my jam, man. They're delicious, though, aren't they? I mean, They're incre- what, it's perfect. I don't need anyone to tell me it's poison. I just if you try and tell me it's not good is where we have a problem. Yeah, I mean, uh, unquestioned, like to me, McDonald's has the best breakfast sandwiches that you're going to find. Thank you. Thank you. I had this conversation yesterday. I got ripped up. For, 
Because I said Chick-fil-A breakfast, just just not for me. I, I, I mean, like, I'm happy to eat a chicken biscuit, a spicy chicken biscuit, but it's like I six think bucks. the biscuit sucks. It's like six bucks. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, why can't I think of what it's called? I was going to say a McMuffin man, but that's not the word. Engl- yeah. I'm an English muffin guy over a biscuit. Oh, not even close. Agreed. Not even close. Like English muffin is, is 15 tiers above a biscuit. I completely agree. Now, yeah. it depends no what doubt. I'm eating. I don't want to eat. I would rather have that for the sandwich. If I'm getting like biscuits and gravy. Well, that's different. That's different. Fuck yeah. But I'm talking breakfast, like fast food. If, breakfast. if I'm taking it up to the mouth like that, like a like burger style. T- yeah, take it up to the mouth. Yes. Go ahead. Do it. Yes. Keep keep going. Right here. There you go. Okay. And just. <laughs> that looks English, like. Uh, English muffin, number one. All right. It just reminds you know I mean? me of the. You're the with meat. me, right? English muffin, number one breakfast bread. Yeah. yeah. On a sandwich. Okay. You know what else I actually like? I'll make it at home. Uh, I do like a fried egg on 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 toasted rye with a piece of I'm American out. cheese on it. I'm out. Really? See, I'm not huge on rye, but I, rye with some. Oh yeah, it's good. Rye, rye is gross. It's good for breakfast. Like, no. dude, some scrambled eggs with some bacon and rye toast with a little butter on it. It's actually no. really good. No, I would rather but, eat dirt. All right, we can agree on the English muffin. Yes, we can agree on the rye bread's gross. A the dynasty, thanks for the super chat. Said, love you guys, not more than my family. Well, I mean, okay, uh, but close enough, I think. Keep up the good work. I enjoy the shoot the shit sessions prior to analyzing the slates. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. All right. Yeah, and Tweezy Baby, you're right. Laffy, don't forget the sweet and sour. Exactly. I go sweet and sour sauce on the egg McMuffin and the hash brown. It's unreal. It's unreal. Out. Out. No. You've never tried it though. So just you I don't I, want a, sweet and sour sauce on anything I eat. Oh, yeah. I, I if I can't, I won't get fast food. If, if if they forget to put the sauce in my bag and I'm like two miles down the road, I will turn around. You should just keep a jar of it in the in the car. I got <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. No, no sweet and sour sauce for me. It's delicious. No. I don't even know how you figured that out. Um, well, they they have it there, and I asked for one, and then I yeah, dipped like, the sandwich in it. Right, but like McDonald's has never been like, hey, we've got these breakfast sandwiches. Make sure you try them with sweet and sour sauce for breakfast. No, no. I told Adam yesterday, they thought it was such a preposterous request that one time the lady was like, I, I, I fried her brain, so she just put a ton of sweet and lows in my bag, and I didn't order coffee. <laughs> That's well, right. Like, obviously, that lady is the smart one of everybody here because she recognized the situation and thought, well, this idiot can't possibly want sweet and sour sauce with his exactly. Breakfast. But it's yeah. just it's just something that. Listen, Josh, people used to think the earth was flat and they were called idiots, too. Um, no, sorry. People used to think the earth was round and they were called idiots. <laughs> and they were called idiots, too. Now. Now who's the crazy one? Right? Sounds like so, you, dude. Sounds well, like you. No, I'm saying <laughs> people make discoveries. What if I'm just like, as we as we ultimately discovered that the Earth was round, we did. What if? Don't, Have we talked about the Brooklyn Nets yet? Yeah, yeah. What if I'm just the first person to discover that sweet and sour sauce on McDonald's breakfast is revolutionary? So you're like the Christopher Columbus of breakfast sauces. Pretty much. 
Okay. Yeah. So you're a horrible person. I mean, you probably thought that was supposed to be a different sauce and just ended up with sweet and sour. No, man. I mean, I can, I can read. It's good stuff. What are you doing with the Hawks? Oh my God. There's still games. I think there's a lot of games actually. Yep. And I still got reads. Two of them. Uh, Not a lot to talk about here for the Hawks. They're at full strength. Most likely the Gallo's got the Q tag. If he's in, like Capella and Akongwu look okay. Clearly, you can get to Trey Young for 9,900 on FanDuel. I think he just blends in on DraftKings at 10-9. To me, there's not a single priority from the Atlanta Hawks today. On FanDuel, Trey Young ranks 16th overall. That's just for me. He's 20th on DK. Like if you're on a five-game slate and the highest you rank is 16th or 20th, there's just not a lot you're trying to get to. All right. Well, that's easy enough, huh? Yeah. You know what else is easy? Getting $25 when you sign up using the promo code at No House Advantage. It is very easy. Very easy. Everyone gets it. A-W-E-S-E-M-O is the promo because over at No House Advantage, they brought you a different way to enjoy DFS because you got player prop contests. Just as you would anywhere else, you're building a lineup, but you're doing it with props. There's no salary cap, no juice on the over, the under. You're just taking the over or the under either side. The ones you like the most, the most confident in, go at the top of your lineup. They get the most points. Conversely, the ones you are at least confident in, get the fewest points, go at the bottom of your lineup. The props are static. They don't change. So you take advantage of our free no-house advantage projections, our optimal lineup tool to help you take down big prizes. Um, take advantage of Odd Shopper, our player prop projections. Whatever it is, uh, there's a real way to get an edge over there at No House Advantage, and you get the $25 when you sign up with the promo code AWESOMO. Use the projection. Use the optimal lineup tool. They will never not be free. And download it in the App Store or the Google Play Store or go to NoHouseAdvantage.com. No, what did I do? I'm laughing at Jordan. Oh, okay. No House Advantage, sponsor of the strategy show. Really fucking me up over here, Jordan. Yeah, yeah, it's Jordan's fault. All right. Hey, what's next? Oh, I know. Clippers and the Chicago Bulls. I was like, breaks again. <laughs> breaks of God. Should we just do it now, get it over with, and then rip through it? I mean, I, mean, I can get through the Clippers immediately right now. Basically, don't just play do- anybody. Okay. Okay. Highest owned guy in the game is 14% Reggie Jackson on Fandle. By the way, these guys are playing more minutes again. But now that Paul George is back, this team is loaded. Highest owned guy on DraftKings is 11%. You get 11, 9, 7, 7, 11, 6. Like, there's just not a single priority anywhere to be found on the Clippers. I Like, Reg, the same way that I explained Trey Young. Reggie Jackson's 18th for me on Fandle and 21st on DraftKings. Those are the highest ranked guys. There's just not a lot to say about the Clippers right now because of their rotations. I said this a week ago that this is all nonsense, all bullshit. They'll play their, they'll play minutes. This is crazy. Reggie Jackson played 38 minutes last game. Like none of it. Yeah. It's all smoke and mirrors, man. And they got that win too. They were down by 25 last game. They were down by 25 to the Jazz, came back and got the dub. It's impressive stuff. Yeah, look, they're. They're good. Paul George played 31 in his first game back. I know. It's incredible. 
I mean, it's not all that surprising because, you know, it wasn't a lower body injury, but even still, I didn't expect it. <laughs> he crushed, too. Yeah. It's like, what, 1.8 fantasy points per minute in that he game? Just absolutely nuked. Just crushed. Do you think we need to go and uh, look at the Chicago upon closer inspection or really any inspection on the Chicago Bulls, uh, is this still a spot where DeMar DeRozan is too cheap? Yeah, big time. A lot of these guys are. DeRozan looks great on both sites. He's pulling ownership. Levine at 7,400 on FanDuel, 8K on DraftKings looks great. Vooch looks really good across both sites. It just so happens we have a lot of center value. Caruso plays a ton, 4,600 on FanDuel. Dasunmu plays a ton. He's still just 3,800 on FanDuel. I think that group of five, DeRozan, Levine, Vooch, Caruso, Dasunmu, all look pretty good today. Uh, that's whether it's FanDuel or DraftKings. But DeRozan, Levine as a, a top two, both of those guys are underpriced. If you had to, if you had to rank like your top four, like salary considered, who would it be on, on Chicago? <clears throat> Top four on Chicago, Levine, DeRozan, Vooch, Dasunmu, Caruso. Okay. All right. Give me top old bonus action there. Top five. Sure. All right. All right. One game to go here. But first, let me just uh, – let's just – let's say – buckle up. Jordan, prepare your microphone because you will close this read for us, as always, along with – Oh, actually, I'll go to Jordan when it's Adam on the show. Usually I go to Josh. So we'll, 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 we'll stay consistent here. Fantasy yeah. sports fans, what if you caught a break with the potential to net a couple hundred thousand dollars with less than a hundred dollar investment? Well, we got great news because breaksofgod.com is the place to catch that break. Breaks of God is the latest sports card collecting trying to catch fire in America. And it's how sports card collectors of all ages are building high value card collections without huge investments or risks. It's quickly become a popular and economical way for sports fans to get potentially high value or rare cards without having to buy an absurd $1,500 box or case themselves. From football to baseball and everything in between, there are many slot options available for under 100 bucks, so you can get in on the big money action. And Breaks of God breaks dramatically increase your odds of getting big money premium sports trading cards for a fraction of the cost of those expensive, hard-to-get boxes. Are those boxes hard to get? Like if you wanted to get a good box. No, uh, like I'm saying are there, they were, they were, I haven't, I haven't checked into it honestly recently through COVID. It was a real problem to hunt them down. Prices were massive. I like don't know it, how low it's dropped. What were the, like, what were, what was the price for like a good box? Cause the box is different levels, right? Like, so uh, yeah, there's, it's impossible for me to answer that. Really? Like over a thousand dollars. Easy. Easy. But it depends. Again, it depends on like the product. I mean, there's like it's it's a weird question. It's a, it's a hard question to answer. Well, all the cards are broken from sealed premium boxes live on Instagram. The cards are shipped directly to you for free when the live break is over. Slots are limited, so act fast. And to learn more about how you can hit big money cards and get 30 percent off your first break, go to breaksofgod.com slash a 30. That's a three zero breaksofgod.com slash a 30 and get 30 percent off your first break. And Josh, where do we follow them on Instagram? I believe that would be at Breaks of God. Yeah. <laughs> breaks of God. All right, check it out. Breaksofgod.com slash A30. Get 30% off. All right, let's talk about it. Lakers. 
no LeBron, presumably no Anthony Davis. He's doubtful. And then who would have thought, but like Wayne Gabriel is, or Wayne Gabriel is questionable as well, which is kind of interesting, actually, given that this team is just in complete dire straits. I think they're actually on the outside looking in in the playoff picture. No, they just. No, they are in because the Spurs lost yesterday. They will be out yeah. once they lose today. Yeah, half game, half game separated with them and the Spurs. Crazy stuff. What are we doing with the Lakers? I have no other. Okay, we can start with Russ. You just play him. 8K on FanDuel, 8,600 on DraftKings. He's a good play today. 25% owned on FanDuel, 20% owned on DraftKings. I think Monk is your second safest option. Played big minutes the last time out, even in the blowout. Seems like he's going to get them no matter what. I gave him 31. After that, I don't have a damn clue who to play here. Like Dwight Howard played for four minutes. They didn't put him back out on the floor again. Austin Reeves played, didn't play most of the game. Uh, we ended up getting Avery Bradley. We got Trevor Ariza. We got Kent Bazemore. They played 12 dudes. Fade the chalk, I guess. Like Stanley Johnson's 31% owned. I'm just not going to do that because I don't trust it at all. I don't trust it at all. I'm not going to follow that ownership. You're just as likely to like, he played 35 minutes. Maybe that happens again. Who the hell knows? They have too many different bodies of a bunch of different guys that suck. I don't want to touch the Lakers here at all as the biggest underdog on the slate. I really have some concerns that Frank Vogel is going to run Johnson at the five again with Rudy Gobert out there. He did. I mean, he had, he he played him at the five a lot, a decent amount last game, granted different matchup, but uh, it does make you think that maybe there's more Dwight Howard today because yeah, you would think. (sighs) I gave Dwight 22 minutes. He doesn't look as good as Moses Brown or Drummond or any of those guys. So, like, I can't even say that I prioritize him. No, no, no. I just I, I get that. I'm just saying I wouldn't go into this assuming that Dwight is, like, not playing, especially when they have literally nobody out there against Rudy Gobert. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what we do here with L.A. outside of Westbrook and Monk. Those are the only two guys that I think that you can feel comfortable with. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Well, and – Johnson, that price point is, or that ownership is really high. Right. Like he needs every one of those minutes. He's a 0.75 fantasy point per minute guy. If he's not yeah. playing oh, yeah. 32 minutes, like he's worthless. 100%. What about Utah? Very different story considering they get to play the shitty ass Lakers. So Donovan Mitchell is 8,100 on Fandle. Play a ton of him. He's getting a ton of ownership and he should. Uh, 8,800 on DraftKings still looks really good. Gobert at 7,800 and 7,700 should absolutely decimate the Los Angeles Lakers. Royce O'Neal, if you need a value play, go to Royce O'Neal at 3,900 on FanDuel, 4,100 on DraftKings over Stanley Johnson. Like, I don't see those guys as comparable at all. They're both equally terrible from a per-minute standpoint, but Royce O'Neal is absolutely playing those minutes, whereas Stanley Johnson probably isn't. Uh, Mike Conley is getting a ton of ownership on FanDuel. Not necessarily my particular favorite thing, but still a good play. Clarkson's fine. Bogdanovich, if he's in, is fine. Uh, Probably a little bit overpriced, but the Mitchell-Gobert duo, I think they look great. They should just destroy the Lakers. Who's your favorite play on this slate? Uh, DraftKings? Yeah, sure. Levert. Yeah, it is. Uh, Levert or Drummond. I think they're basically the same. 
hit that thumbs up before you guys go. I, I have a, a totally unrelated question for you. Something sure you I was do. thinking about. I was going to mention it yesterday on the deeper dive, but we didn't have time. Maybe it was a strategy show. We didn't have time. It's not basketball related. It's almost odd to some extent, but you know, I think weird things sometimes and yeah, oftentimes it's a mistake to express them, but I don't think this is. And I really want the chat's opinion on this as well. This should be good. All right. So down like in some Southern states and like maybe some European states, people call like grown men call their fathers daddy. Around your way, if you had like a buddy that called his dad daddy, would you say something to him? Yes. But is how weird I've never heard it once in my life. What? I've never heard that once in my life. Really? Not from like a, an adult. Dude, like in some, a lot of Southern, you never heard like, you know, my daddy was uh, like, yeah, it's a very. Okay, I see how you're saying it then. See uh, what yeah. I mean? And yeah. it, like to them, even when I hear them say it, I'm like, oh, that's not that weird. But if I was like, hey, Josh, um, yeah, my daddy was, uh, you'd go, you're, you're what? Right. It's, it's so in the content. Tell me that's not weird. Like it is such an odd thing to think about, but it's true. If yeah, certain people say it, it's kind of normal. If you said it right now, I'd, I'd leave this room. Yeah. Yeah. We're on the same page. It's kind of strange. It's Jordan, do, more, than, do, more than kind of. Do, what about you, Jordan? Jordan, who's your daddy? It's, that, that's weird. That's weird. Yeah, right? never, a, a grown man calling another, like another grown man, that and weird. But I know everyone knows what I'm talking about. It's just, it. It's all the. My daddy says. And you're like, oh, okay, that's fine. Yeah. But if Jordan comes on screen and he's like, yeah, my daddy just left, I go, pardon me. And like I've heard some Irish people say it. I'm like, that kind of sounds cool. Like I'm on board. Uh, once you get my, out of the once you get out of the country, all bets are off. Right, but it's in the country too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what. It's you go to Appalachia or something, and that's it's got a. I, I can't imagine anyone doesn't say. You know, my daddy was uh, was a farmer. I'm like okay, all right, yeah. that makes sense to me. But if one of my buddies came over, started talking about his daddy, I'd have some questions. That's all. I'm with you. I don't have anything to add. There's to not this. much to add to it. I no. just thought it was an in it is an interesting observation. Though. I don't know how you landed on any of this. I don't know, dude. There's a there's a YouTube channel called Soft White Underbelly, which is like it's it's amazing. You you familiar with it? This guy goes you around sent and interviews. What's up? You sent it to me. Oh yeah. Well, he goes around and he's a great interviewer. Interviews like drug addicts or like there was this Pentecostal preacher that has his. His, his, his people from his sermons like drink poison and he's like, yeah, we've had some of them die. They yeah. lay in beds of snake rattlesnakes. He's like, yeah, some of them don't make it. And uh, we're fine if they want to go to the hospital. We don't look down on them, but most of them don't. Mm -hmm. You know, it's crazy stuff. They like all, all of the interviews, you would appreciate it. But I was watching one from like an Appalachian dude, which mad respect to those people. That's a rough way of living. And it was just like, yeah, my daddy da lived here. My daddy's daddy lived here. My daddy's daddy daddy lived here. <laughs> and that's how it came to me. My mind goes in weird places. Oh, man, I'm glad we stayed on long for that. There's one. There's one. It's the most 
the most inbred family <clears throat> in the country. It's called they're called the, the Whitakers. <laughs> the Whitak. They're called the Whitakers, and the one dude just barks like he doesn't speak. He just barks, and then all of the other ones are just sunk into their chairs with with very little ability to communicate or think it is and all of them i mean i i will say this much it appears after watching this that they've they've reached the end of the road in terms of you know the ability to to continue the incestuous behavior but you guys you guys gotta check this stuff out it's it's not it's not the whitakers so i gotta type in whitakers not incestuous behavior yeah and red skittles is t- should i say appalachia i mean does it really matter man and whatever Normally, I search for those sorts of things, but not on like Google or YouTube. Right. And Stephen said, I have too much free time. You should be thanking me for bestowing these gifts upon you, Stephen, instead of insulting my time. All right. You got anything else? <laughs> no, I can't top that one. All right. You tried. I didn't even bring ridiculous stuff. I brought like a real good, oh, what do you think of the Clippers? Now, I think mine's you, had, more you had all the gems today. I think mine's more. Are you traveling up? When are you traveling back up to PA to see mommy and daddy? <laughs> Sunday. We'll see these guys soon. Thanks for watching. Follow Josh at Josh Ingham and me at Lafayette underscore D. And uh, shout out to your boy Jordan Klein for producing today's show.